we started out in an 800 square foot lab looking at each other thinking what do we do next and this was during covid when supply chain was brutal we would barter with uh, former uh, colleagues at UVM and trade gloves for pipette tips and conical tubes for for other consumables and this would be done under the you know darkness of night you know and then promise mrna if we could get things and we still deliver on that we we love our uh, friends and partners in the at UVM and we're now a 65 person company from Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Christian Kobach, the man that brought mRNA manufacturing to Vermont when we needed it most. Welcome. This is Sam Roachgerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Christian. Hi, Sam. It's good to see you. And you too. Happy spring. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled that you're here, and so is Dave, I think. On a sunny spring morning like this, Christian could be found mountain biking at Katy Hill. So this is a, a, We're lucky. a real a fortunate lot. moment for us to talk about your company and your story. So thank you for so coming. sweet. Um, I was going to start with why are you here, but that feels like a little bit rude. So I guess I'm going to start by saying... How did you come to live in Vermont? And what were your any any sort of hesitations or concerns with like moving here and starting a business here? So my wife and I have been corporate vagabonds for uh, the last 20 years. And it's hard to say that one singular place is home. And when COVID uh, broke out, Vermont seemed like a great place to decamp, at least for the summer, with our family. Uh, we settled into a nice cadence of work and life, and I was interested in starting this business uh, long before then and uh, started looking around at what we could do here, including space, hiring, and investors. And it all came together. And in my view, you know, we could set this up in a lot of different places. In fact, strategically, there might be a reason to say, hey, let's go a little bit closer to where most of our customers are. But when we think about work-life balance, and that doesn't just include uh, working less and living more, it includes perhaps working the same amount, but having access to the finer things in life, such as the great outdoors and everything else that uh, Vermont has to offer, including quality of life you know, outside of work, which I think is unparalleled anywhere else. So for me, it was uh, an opportunity to do that personally, but to also focus on what we could build here in Vermont and give other people, including our staff, that opportunity. Preaching to the choir here. Pretty cool, right? Can, can you talk about your career leading up to Vernal, right? I know you have a PhD in, in, in cell and molecular biology from uh, University of Texas, Austin, right? Hook'em horns. Hook'em horns. Hook'em horns. Um, What's it like working in life sciences? And, and, you know, do you go from company to company over time or just a little bit like, why are you so good at what you do? Basically, I want to ask. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to say there's been a lot of attrition and eventually uh, somebody <laughs> has to uh, take some leadership. And, and I, and, but, but I also mean that. You know, I mean, the, my advice to a lot of people is to work hard and be patient. Um, you know, people do retire. Uh, new ideas do need to come up. So uh, I do have the PhD from the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, 
we went out to uh, California, uh, to the Bay Area, where I really leveraged the expertise coming out of that PhD in antibody engineering with a startup out there. Uh, antibodies were hot at the time, and I was recruited to go to a, a, a mid-market biotech company in central Connecticut called Alexion Pharmaceuticals, which had just gotten its first product approved and was really expanding the company with the cash from that. And ran uh, antibody discovery and development, but also got kind of attached to the business development office in search and evaluation. And that's where I got very excited about the business and the commercial aspects. What a neat opportunity to blend both sides. Yeah, so it, like career advice, you know, look for those sort of temporary or unofficial internships, mm. you know, with, within your, your, uh, your parent company. Um, you know, it, it's never going to be, unappreciated, especially if you can get your day job done. But um, as part of that, I led diligence on several RNA medicines companies that we were thinking of buying or uh, partnering with. And one of those was a company called Moderna, which is now sort of a household name in the life sciences due to their approval of the COVID vaccine. And I ran, uh, after signing that partnership, I ran research in, in that partnership and uh, just got hooked on mRNA. I mean, it was really lucky to be at that moment and in that, that that point in time because they were really just getting going. And so... And when... Uh, sorry, when was this? Like this what? was in 2013, 2014. Okay, we wow. announced the partnership in 14, mm -hmm. but I was already tasked with it in 13. And... I got to look underneath the hood and really actually work collaboratively with them. They were, they were looking for ideas from outside as well and work collaboratively with them, sort of build their platform and their capabilities. And... After two years, we wound that partnership down just due to a, a, a change in direction at, at Alexion. And that gave me an opportunity to take what I had learned, both good and bad, and start doing this for smaller companies in the mRNA space. Uh, one of those companies was in San Diego. And so I went out there for a couple of years and built their mRNA program, um, did some partnerships with larger companies, brought the, that skill set back to uh, um, Boston the Boston area, and and then um, continue to scale what uh, my labs were capable of doing, uh, primarily on the manufacturing side. Supply of mRNA has always been an issue. Um, it has sort of constrained the field. And so those who have supply can do much more amazing things. Mm -hmm. And and so um, when I was recruited to run external manufacturing for a company that didn't have the ability, the, the capital to do internal manufacturing, I was a little bit surprised at how little external manufacturing uh, capabilities were out there. And that's what led to starting this company. Mm. It was to really provide and democratize access to what I was really passionate about. And, you know, that passion has now been validated with two approved products. And we have many more coming along the way, not just to do vaccines, but to treat rare disease and to cure rare disease, like, like on a permanent basis, to treat immune oncology, um, which we're seeing amazing clinical data uh, out of some of the more established mRNA companies. And so the, the, my personal journey is now, you know, very linked to where uh, Vernal is and what we're trying to do which is to just expand access and to make it easier to externalize a pretty specialized type of manufacturing. Could you just, uh, my mom and dad like to listen to the program and, you know, just 
in layperson terms, you know, what is mRNA? Why is it magical? So mRNA is a biomolecule that every cell in every organism produces, okay? So every cell has what many people are familiar with, which is the genome, which is the, it's the blueprint for how that cell acts, what it makes and what, it, what, what its purpose is. And then mRNA transcribes that blueprint and takes it out elsewhere in the cell to be turned into a, a really active biomolecule called a protein, okay? So that's key. mRNA's purpose is to transmit the data that's in the ge genome into a physical protein that can do all sorts of amazing things. There's, there's you know, tens of thousands of proteins that humans make, and each one of those has its own unique and very specific function, finely tuned. It's, 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 it's really a beautiful thing. And so when we think about mRNA medicines, they're what we call a prodrug or something that's not completely active. It's the protein that gets produced once it's, the mRNA has been taken up in a target cell that is the real active element. So in the case of COVID vaccines, mm. the protein that's being produced is a little piece of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And the body says, that doesn't look like something that should be here. And it develops this attack mechanism through the immune system to just that little protein, but it's enough that the immune system can clear the entire virus. So, but again, it's the mRNA that's making the protein. And so proteins have been the basis of drug targets and drug discovery um, long before we even knew what proteins were. Um, and so mRNA is just playing into that, that long narrative. Um, and it's, it's reprogramming the body or the cells that it's going into to make the protein versus traditionally, if we want to use a protein, we've made it in a bioreactor and then injected the protein directly into the body. Mm. But this is a much more natural way to do it. And you can get to areas of the body that protein cannot get it now. He's good. Yeah, He's right. So damn good. M mRNA good. protein. That's, Man, that's, that's I love a PhD that can explain it's something so, to me. I can't in a way wait to like it. my next dinner party just to throw down. <laughs> of course. We, we do screen to make sure there's like no molecular biologists at our table. Just yeah, yeah. Like call good, bullshit right now. Good call, good call. Um, so, it, so really, it, it, you know, Vernal came from creating access to this really important um, thing. But what I'm curious about from, in, you know, kind of getting into Dave and I's uh, sort of area of expertise, thank God, um, before we drown here, um, is what are you all doing that's better or different than other mRNA manufacturers, or is it just creating more when there's a huge demand? Yeah, so we started, before we manufactured mRNA, we started by figuring out how to evaluate the quality and the purity of the mRNA. The... The, the unfortunate thing about mRNA is that a lot of viruses are actually made out of RNA or have an RNA, what we call a genome. And so our bodies are really sensitive to RNA from other sources. And when you make RNA synthetically, you know, in a lab, 
and try to put that into a lab animal or even a human, it better be really clean to look like natural RNA. And so we started by, you know, hanging our hat on the purity and the quality. Um, there, there's a level of, of expertise and experience that's required to get you there. Now, a lot of these concepts are out there in the public domain, but it's frankly pulling those all together. Mm-hmm. And when you were there from day one, that's not a big reach. But if you're coming in, having done something else for a couple of decades, Heavy it, lift. it's yeah. a big lift. Now, the other element where we're differentiated is we can package the mRNA into a protective vehicle that we call a lipid nanoparticle. And almost none of our competitors, in fact, in research grade, we're the only company that I know of that has both elements. And so we can deliver a finished product to our customers instead of our customers having to figure out how to package it. Now, behind the scenes, there's a lot of secret sauce, trade secrets, and IP that are being generated, but mostly in order to create a higher purity, uh, higher quality. And so we continue to refine the process, but we also continue to refine analytical methods, which are cycle with one another. So as you're as you're improving your processes, you're building up the company's IP portfolio and um, creating more protections. And the main goal is to create access, but also purity, so that the body responds better to this mRNA. Correct. That's exactly Basically, right. just got my PhD. Pr- pretty much <laughs> piled higher and, <laughs> and then you and then you wrap lipid nanoparticles <laughs> yeah. around it, which yeah. I think is sort of this fat layer, basically that the body says, all right, that's cool. It's not as bad as we think. Let's just sneak it in. And then as that dissolves, if that's probably, I'm, I'm clearly out of my realm, um, then the, the proteins get to do what they need to do. That's right? correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're on fire, aren't we? Yeah, which is weird because usually, I mean, I'm pretty well known for words over four syllables. I just, I have like a form of narcolepsy. I just tune out, so. You're doing really well. Okay, we got to ask, what is vernal? Biosciences. Just tell us a little bit about the company, the team, where you're located, a little bit. Yeah, sure. I should get to that. Yeah. We just turned two. Where's my yes, birthday cake? Happy oh birthday! Well, we have a leftover yeah, baby shower cake. Is there <laughs> enough room for two two candles on it? Of course, there's always enough. Yes, room. you did turn two, April. So we turned two. Um, it's fun to think about where we started. Um, it was me and two other people, one a recent PhD grad. Actually, I think I pulled her through her thesis committee. I I said, hey, uh, I need you to graduate, wrap it up, and uh, tell your advisors like it's time to go. And uh, so she's with us now. And then I recruited another UVM alum who had grown up in the Boston area. He went off to work at Moderna, but when he found out that we were up here doing mRNA, he okay. said, see ya, and came up to join us. And we started out in an 800-square-foot lab, looking at each other, thinking, what do we do next? And that involved, this was during COVID when supply chain was brutal. We would barter with uh, former uh, colleagues at UVM and trade gloves for pipette tips and <laughs> conical tubes for for other consumables, and this would be done under the 
you know, darkness of night, you know, and then promise mRNA if we could get things. And and actually, we still deliver on that. We we love our uh, our friends and partners in the at UVM, and uh, you know, we're now a sixty five person company. Um, so we're still based in Colchester. Uh, we are um, on two floors uh, of a building overlooking uh, Burlington, the lake, and the Adirondacks. Um, beautiful site, and uh, we are scaling the company and creating the operations to do clinical drug manufacturing, which is essentially the same processes that we use for the research-grade business, but under a much tighter set of of quality oversight. And and that's a pretty astonishing amount of of paperwork and systems and, and personnel. And then our goal is to also fit up a site that we have leased over in Essex, which will be fully committed not only to the GMP business. And that'll be a 40 to 60 person site. So within a couple of years, uh, we should be right around 120 people. We were over 50 customers served. Um, and that ranges from little biotechs that unfortunately may not be around anymore uh, to well-funded biotechs, um, all the way up to pharma. So we have a real diversity in terms of the customer base and we have different levels of solutions for, for all those folks. And the, the, the fun part about being part of this business and, and where we are sort of in our, our growth is when we hear about opportunity, we can act, you know, if it makes business sense. And sometimes, it doesn't make business sense immediately, um, but we can still act, you know, because we've got people who are excited about doing new things and uh, creating new opportunities uh, for themselves, for the company, and for the field. How are these people finding you? So customers are coming to us due to old school marketing. Um, there's new school too. I mean, if you count um, social and um um, other internet channels. I mean, it's a lot of internet marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be, you know, top of the heap with uh, with search. Um, but then a lot of conferencing uh, as well. So we we try to go to as many conferences that 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 make sense where we think we can um, make an impact and add value. Um, my network is. Bigger than I thought. Yeah. And it's always uh, a nice surprise. Yeah. And so, like, for the first uh, year and a half, we didn't have any salespeople. It was me, no. late night LinkedIn, like making sure that everybody in my network and everybody in their network knew that we existed. Um, and so, I think we're past the point where um, brand awareness is 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 a, is an issue. We're now trying to do more targeted marketing we we well, we it, see opportunities we want to go there not to call you out but it wasn't that long ago that i was like christian i need a logo for our website and you were like uh let me go to clip on. art and find one right? <laughs> exactly so i mean that's what's i mean it's been two years like that's it's just crazy how much you've done and it doesn't feel that long ago that that happened right. so how cool the team is amazing um, Let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. So yeah, the team is incredible. When I say that Dave and I are obsessed, and I mean obsessed with the way that your company announces its new hires on LinkedIn, 
I'm I am not exaggerating at all. Like Dave and I just like send them back and forth to each other. Like yeah, it, it's so different and so powerful and effective. Like again, it must lead to culture. It must lead to customers it, and new new hires and all the rest. And I think for so basically for for our audience, it's you know it's a it's a beautiful photo of this person. It's about who they are and why they're at Vernal and what they're excited about and you know what they do for fun. It really makes you feel their like you college get to know. or do they you know they come to Vermont for school, they ski here or or where in the world they they have come from because it it has pulled from abroad. So I I've, I've been stunned with how many folks with some sort of Vermont tie have a a, a life sciences uh, experience or connection or degree, um, right? That are finding their way up. Yeah. So, so my question is, how did that come about? Because I think that's kind of unusual for your industry. Um, and why is that important to you as a founder? Well, I mean, let's let's talk about a little bit about who these people are. Um, you know, they're they're local, locally raised in a lot of cases. Uh, we know that the that the secondary school system in Vermont is you know top of the heap, and traditionally, if if they're college bound, um, if we're lucky, they they stay and go to UVM, um, and, and you know obviously they also go elsewhere uh, for college, and then often they take a look at where the jobs are, and they're not able to come back home, and. One of the interesting things about you know students and kids who grow up here is they love it here. Why wouldn't you? Um, Burlington is like the greatest college town on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. I, I spent a lot of time in Austin, Texas, um, and, and so there's that there's that appeal for um, you know the frontline workers and and uh, you know middle management. Um, we do have senior leadership that's moved here and. They're so thrilled to be here, um, whether it's the lake, the mountains, or uh, you know Burlington itself, and the livability, and you know the cute little five-minute traffic jams that we occasionally have. But you ask then, wh- why is that important to us? I mean, first of all, these are real-life human beings. These are not commodities. You know, these are people that are making a commitment. They have every one of us has an interesting backstory that it, it, it's it's great for us to know, but it's also great for the world to know. When people, you know, when customers come to Vernal, you know, we want them to understand that, you know, we're just not, we're not just a, a vendor. You know, we're a collection of really unique people who are committed to their success. So I think it's hard to have a narrative around shared success if it's just a faceless crowd of mm. people. Um, my personal history um, has, uh, I've carried vendors with me from one company to the next, and that's all relationship-based. You know, you get in because, hey, they've got a great and differentiated product, but you stay because when things go sideways, you can pick up the phone and have a conversation about it. You may not fix the problem, and you may not be satisfied, but at least you know somebody cares. You know, the 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 one of the greatest customer service experiences is something I had recently where I called up a, a vendor and I thought they'd be too big to care. And when I said I was having a problem with a spotting scope, it was for uh, bird watching, the guy said, Oh no, 
How can we fix that? And that's the mentality that our people have. But, but we, we need to put the people first and show the world that these are real people who have a backstory and they, and they, they care about what they're doing. They, they're here for a reason. The empathy piece of it is often lost in the process, and I think it's so important. And especially attracting new staff too, right? Not just about customers and how you're perceived by them, but um, getting getting more people like that. Yeah, I mean that's its own unique sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as we scale, it becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to get it right. Uh, you know, you you have to. And I'm not going to say maintain that culture. It's about scaling that culture. Um, and, and, you know, we have different schools of thought internally about that. And what I'll tell you about that is it's not a top-down. You know, there's no consultant that's going to come in and say, these are your values and this is what you should do. Implement it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go implement it. Put it on people's objectives that, you know, there's these five core values that they have to execute against. Um, we're actually looking for that to come from small groups, from uh, individuals. Uh, we don't want to build a cult of company. We want to build, you know, um, strong, tight, tightly knit groups that can rely on one another. That, that, that probably scales a little bit better yeah. than, uh, you know, the, the, the top down. Well, they might have room for a couple mediocre podcast hosts at some point, Sam. So, and they got those baller green lab jackets too that are great. Yeah, those are yeah. pretty. Everybody sweet. has. So keep it keep it up on LinkedIn. I, I've sent that to all of our other portfolio. Awesome. I'm like, this is how you announce. And before it's like, well, I don't want folks trying to poach my team. And I'm like, well, one, they're going to do that anyway. Yeah. So right. You know, give your team reason to feel welcomed and included and heard. Right. And, and part of the the future. So yeah. good good on you for that. Dave, um, can I actually ask you a question? Ooh. I yeah. know. Can you tell me about your first interaction with Christian? How did you hear about him and what was he asking you? Boy, uh, it was during COVID and I believe he uh, had searched for us on Google or something or was searching for something in Vermont on Google and maybe another local investor or two of them um, sent them our way and, and we got together and just started talking and it turns out he was renting a house half mile away from where I live and, and still off a dirt road and, and then Eric Mackey and, you know, it's like, oh, he's in life sciences. You should, you should meet people during COVID because it was a pretty isolating time, right? Being a new family in town. And How'd you we, know he was the real deal? Um, I did some homework, some some reference checks with with other people, and they were friends of friends who had had worked together with other other companies uh, down in the Hanover area, and and down in in Boston, um, yeah. And but just I think just getting to know each other and trying to realize like why do you want to do it here? Are you going to stay? Is you know is the family going to like mud season right? Because you don't know. These are all big ifs and. Um, that came about and we started talking about your seed round and pulling that together and you know you made room to include us in that which was great and and I'd like to think that a lot of our conversations were sort of around demystifying this weird little thing called you know venture capital and outside investors because it you know by design it's meant to be confusing and intimidating to first-time entrepreneurs and particularly from the science side of things so I think the more that 
people like Sam and me and others can just say, just come as you are with what you got. Let's just talk and we'll, we'll sort it out because it doesn't have to be hoity-toity. So. Yeah, I mean, the demystifying Dave was, a, was, you know, that was to me the, the, the most effective um, types of conversations that we were having. And I was just shocked about your availability and, and just how you could quickly get to the point of the matter. And, and another thing that I really enjoyed learning about was how to align and, and you know, that um, money can really align people in, in a way. Um, and, and, and looking to, you know, use the money as a way to get in kind of uh, personally with investors um, just to see greater levels of alignment, you know, to, to get to the, the transparency and the candid conversations. But, uh, you know, the availability of Dave, and it continues to be the case, um, has been a real critical element to my success, which I think is clearly part of Vernal's success. And you did a really um, intentional and, and nice job of sort of compiling a syndicate of investors that some were institutional, others were had been in your shoes as an entrepreneur two or three prior times. So that, you know, early on, you know, I think the seed round was a million and a half dollars, right? And that was announced. And uh, but it had it had chops. There were folks it was money plus something else, right? Might be access to customers or technical help or you know, validation for partners to take a look. And, and I give you a lot of credit for that, being deliberate and, and saying no to some and saying yes to others. And um, do you think that sets you up early on? I mean, it, was a, it took a little bit of extra front-end work, if I recall. But has it been worthwhile? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the investors are, so far, have been partners as much as they've been, you know, sources of cash and capital. So can you actually just like take a step back and talk a little bit about what your strategy was for your capital path? Because obviously this is something you knew was going to be capital intensive. Right. Um, So how did you approach that? Yeah. And unfortunately like debt is, is (laughs) it's only available for companies with, you know, a lot of collateral and and, and a long track record. Proof of what they're going to do. Right. Yeah, you had these cute little vials of powder. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What do I do with that? And so, um, yeah, you know, it it we knew that this was going to require investment capital, um, and you know, the seed round uh, came together pretty quickly, which was uh, how much? Which was good. That was a million and a half um, of uh, invested capital, and then a little bit of debt to go alongside of that. Um, and, and, but we really had to watch, you know, the spend and, um, thank goodness I had patient kind of DIY type of staff at that point because, and and that was also intentional in terms of hiring, you know, we could have kind of recruited people who had been around for a little bit longer, but their expectations would have been misaligned with, you know, the resources we had. And did you know, did you have a good idea of how far 1.5 would get you? And were you correct with that? Because uh, I think that's a big, scary kind of thing for early stage first-time I, founders. I, where we started, I, I would say, 
yes, we knew how much we needed, but no, we were wrong about how far it would get us. But that's because we cha we've changed our plan. We've mm -hmm. accelerated yeah. our, our plan because it is a competitive, uh, it's become increasingly competitive. And so it is a bit of a part of this business is Sense a boat, boat race. Yeah. yeah, the urgency, but also where our customers were going. You know, we were going to get left behind by customers if we didn't continue to bring in more cash. Stressing and, me out, Christian. Yeah, well, that was stressful, but yeah. we we did get into a situation where um, we had multiple institutional investors, you know, that were that were willing to invest, um, and so we had some options there. And the key for me was like, which one is going to lead to the, you know, potentially lead to the the best long-term outcome for us and, and the field. And we're, we're very happy with the choices we made there. You know, we have a uh, lead investor that has successfully scaled companies that are kind of similar to mm. us. Uh, that is their bread and butter. And then, you know, we've had some VC money that uh, is very, has had a lot of success in the tools and services around life sciences and has a lot of uh, board level and executive level experience there as well. So um, we we could have looked elsewhere mm. for uh, capital and we had opportunities to go there. But in terms of what they were bringing to the table outside of the capital, um, it just didn't compare to where we ended up. Those weren't easy choices because oh, it, no. was, it was multiples yeah. of more money than... Well, it was disclosed, I mean, a year ago, about $21 million, not quite a year ago, uh, came in through a, a more formal round of strategics and VC and, and, and the like. And that's not easy. I mean, you, you know, how did you reconcile the take less money and, and what was the benefit of, of sort of doing that at the time? Was it control and setting the vision, setting the culture of the company, like, yeah, I think it it had more to less to do with, you know, uh, control of the board and the shares, and and more to do with control of the company. Um, that we could figure out a lot of things, including the market. You know, how to scale the company, who we wanted to hire. Um, you know, the technology. A uh, little less pressure when you take a less cash. Um, but I think longer term though, you might end up with more dilution by tranching or staging your, your, your raises. But look, if this weren't my first company, you know, my first, you know, capital intensive, uh, company, I, I think I would have been more comfortable going, going deep, going big earlier, but you got to know who you are as a, as an entrepreneur. Um, and, and, um, you gotta live to fight another day yeah. and, on, on some of these and, and just put your head down and execute. Um, so I, 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 I come to this with a lot more humility, uh, than I might have, um, earlier in my career mm -hmm. where I'm thinking, Hey, I can do this. I can do it alone. I can, I can do the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to put myself at the level of risk that I think would have been needed to be successful there. It's great. And hey, uh, we're thrilled to play a small part in that as an investor and fan of the company and team. And 
huge. It's, and, and again, a part of me does smile that we're the only Vermont, you know, <laughs> investor in the family here. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I can't wait to see what's, what's next for the company and its long-term pursuit. How much time are you spending in the lab these days versus uh, hitting the pavement? <laughs> <laughs> I walked through the lab yesterday and had a conversation with somebody, and she ended the conversation by asking me why I was in the lab. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> Not who are you, but what are you doing down is here? Your, <laughs> is your soul okay? Are yeah, you enjoying it? Okay, yeah. good, good. So <laughs> I always worry about that yeah, with right. with. Founders that have, have sort no, of been there. I, so I, I, I've satisfied that curiosity to do new things by doing new things. Yeah. Um, yeah, the career, the, the garage door kind of came down on, on, you know, hands-on science and even kind of managing science. But when I look back, um, I can kind of be satisfied with what I had done previously. Yeah. Um, but I'm... So now I'm I'm doing investor relations. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm helping with HR. I'm doing commercial. Like so my my curiosity and 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 that that intellectual pursuit it's still going on. Yeah. It's just being redirected. Um and and I've got really capable people Listen, of I, doing the science. I do have to tell you. So it started with what are you doing in the lab and then the next time it's going to be like, Christian, please don't touch that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> no, and I tell him that. And we already heard him. he's into bird watching. So, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, I tell him, I like, you don't want me pipetting. Like, I was never that good at it, you know, secret, like that I was not that good at it to begin with. But I understand the scientific method. And yeah. that's, that's actually an underappreciated part of being a scientist is that ancient tradition of the scientific method, which has proven to be timeless. And, um, so I can break it down. I can ask questions still with the best of them. Um, I start really basic, like, what are we trying to do here? What observations have you made? What's your hypothesis? I apply that to everything. Like, it drives my wife crazy. She's like, <laughs> can I just create here without a purpose? Like, can I? do I have to have an objective here? But in the world of business, there's really nothing that we do that can't benefit from that logical workflow. So true. Well, I'm still waiting for him to figure out how to stock a wood pile, you know, when I drive up the road and see it yeah, splayed across the yard. So, I, <laughs> my 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 13 year old and my 16 year old have uh, have gotten good, but they're not fast. <laughs> um, any any local resources here in Vermont that other founders out there or teams should access that maybe you did either state or manufacturing or alliances. Well, I think it all starts with workforce, and I think that the uh, the educational partners here mm. have been really helpful, and they're 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 looking to the future. Um, Champlain College, for example, is interested in starting a, an applied biology program, which is really interesting because you know they are business first, and they're not just about. Um, you know, degrees, they're about finding jobs mm -hmm. for yep. the, their students. And we're really excited to see that happening here. There's nothing that could prevent Burlington from becoming a small but important hub of life science and engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got biotech that's long been here. There's another uh, handful of uh, what I would call 
contract research companies here in town. They've been here for a while. Beatrice is a major player in um, contract drug manufacturing up in uh, uh, St. Albans. We've got a rich history of technical manufacturing here that continues. And this is, this is an old tradition. It's not just, you know, natural resources and teddy bears. It's, which are important, but there's a really rich history um, up and down the I-89 corridor and even parts of the Route 100 corridor of technical manufacturing. In terms of, uh, you know, um, partnerships, we, we truthfully have not done a ton with, uh, with the state. Um, you know, the, the non-dilutive um, publicly available financing is, is a specialized uh, thing. And when you're trying to go fast, um, it can be hard to tap into. Right. And so greasing those skids a little bit, making that a little bit easier. There's trade-offs. Like yeah. the, the veggie program, that incentive was something we looked at, but it was just a little, it was a little distracting, a little bit different company-oriented Correct. Um, along the way. Um, and I think it's been really cool, um, Sam, to you know, refer students from Middlebury that have been hired. Oh, right? that's or been a St. Great Mike's or EVM and uh, some a VTC and others. So it's and again, we know this because they tell us when they introduce their employees on right. LinkedIn right. regularly. And, yeah, I mean, we work with so many students that want to stay in Vermont, and you know, if they're interested in a certain industry, you know, sometimes there's only a couple places you can refer them or none, which breaks my heart. And so Vernal coming along and actively hiring was such an exciting thing for Dave and I, especially at yeah, Middlebury has so many of those students that are interested. And um, yeah, it's just been such a satisfying thing to say, yes, um, you should talk to Vernal. And, and it's just it's a sign of the times, I think, and um, showing that it is a sector in Vermont that's growing and um much of that is thanks to you oh i appreciate it yeah i mean but we 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 have a paid internship program i look at it as sort of a minor league experience because we want to hire those people yeah. right. and the intern the internship programs we have we we had a a student from uh, saint mike's and saint and middlebury last year and i observed them and i was like they're doing well and then they gave a presentation at the end of the summer and I was so disappointed that they were sophomores and I couldn't hire them for two more years. <laughs> I was Stop like, and, I, and the one girl, I was like, can I, can I talk to your parents? Because I think college is overrated. You need to start work making money right <laughs> oh now. Oh my God. That good. Wow. That good. Both out-of-state students that I'm sure want to stay here. Well, it's exciting to see you and Vernal here. Um, and I can't wait to see where it's at a year from now. Yeah, me too. Uh, we 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 need to move fast. The, to, patients are waiting for treatments, and unfortunately, waiting means bad things for some of these diseases. And treatments are limited by a lot of things, but manufacturing is one of them. So we've got to get there, and uh, um, we're going to get there with help from our investors, help from the advice that we get, and you know, putting the word out that that we're here and we're working urgently to build this business. Amazing. So inspiring. Um, and now that I basically have my PhD and you'll see my application later <laughs> today. Um, Dave, can you ask Christian our sure. final question? So everybody gets asked, magic wand time, superpowers. Well, he obviously has superpowers first, but yeah. just <laughs> pretend you have additional superpowers. If you could change one thing about Vermont, 
What would it take? What would it take? What would it take? What would it take? We could do a little bit better job, I think, transportation-wise. Um, the 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 airport, you know, getting flights to some of the major hubs, and that that includes Boston. Yeah, um, um, name some specifics of what you want because we have a lot of um, clout here. So yeah, I, I think sometimes I, come true. I, I think flights to Boston centrally okay. visited here, uh, you know, last year, and you know, I, I brought that up with him candidly and. His response was kind of a, a frustrated chuckle, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, transportation's uh, uh, probably a, a, a big one. When we're recruiting, sometimes we'll have to settle that they may stay in Boston, North Carolina, Florida, wherever, um, and and that could be neutralized with uh, with an airport that has. You know more connections. We do well with DC and New York, but it it perhaps seasonally Detroit. You know a few other places. So. Yeah. All right, I'm down with that. Yeah, it works for me. You good with that? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, hopefully, the electric planes will uh, get us back and forth to these short haul markets uh, a little bit easier. Thank you very much, Christian, for coming out today and sharing your your journey so far on this. Thanks, Christian. This has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series is made possible by the support of the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Sam, let's go tell everybody about mRNA. Will do. 